0: All right, I got it. Under wraps now and this is all night. Get us out of sight, uptight. One of my questions, a stage ball fall down, light up town. Asking questions, the fall down, fall down, fall down, fall down. Do you
1: Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your host. Mary Brown. We've all encountered less than optimal circumstances at work. When this happens, what do you do? What have you done in the past? Today on Conflict Managed, we talk with Nikki McLeary, a human resources professional. She talks to us about personal experiences with difficult bosses and ideas as to how to prevent the mistreatment of employees going unnoticed in companies through transparency and communication. Listen as Nikki describes two initiatives she is working on to increase employee retention and workplace belonging and well being. She describes what HR can be, should be, as a place to solve human problems through listening, feedback, and action. Good morning, Nikki, and welcome to Conflict Managed. Good morning. Thank you for having me. We're so glad that you're here to share your experiences with us. I am thrilled to be here. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Could you tell us a little bit about your work history?
0: Sure. Prior to 2013, I had been primarily in sales positions. And in 2013, I took a position where I was helping people find jobs. And it was very rewarding. And it opened my eyes to kind of the human resources world. I was involved with contacting human resources managers about their open positions and then I would work with people who were looking for jobs to match them up with positions that they might be a good fit for and um, it was kind of my first taste of that world and I just fell in love with it <laughs> um, and I it just really filled a desire in me to work in human resources however where I was working the office closed in 2017. So I had done that for almost four years and the office closed and I was fortunate to uh, find another position. I was working as a recruiter for a college who had degrees designed for working adults. So people were able to work full-time and get their college degree, either finish or master's or whatever that might look like. And so as a recruiter, then it was kind of more back to the sales, um, but I was still in HR departments and making great contacts. And the time I was doing that, I was also kind of just looking to see what was out there and didn't really have the experience um, companies were looking for in their human resources departments. And so I decided to get my master's in human resources. So I started that in 2019. Last year in 2021, I went to work for a staffing company and that added um, some experience to the degree I've been working on. And then this year in February, I took a job as a human resources generalist. So I'm in the field. I'm loving it. I'm so glad. I actually think oftentimes why didn't I know about this earlier? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just, I'm 46. So I started my, I, I found what I really liked nine years ago. So I could have been doing this a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it
1: interesting how um, life turns out that way? We, we don't know what we don't know, right? We don't know. Exactly. There's so many different kinds of jobs out there. I, I think it's interesting how, where people end up. What did you do your undergraduate degree in?
0: i got a business degree. Okay. So um, business. It, yeah. Just an area in business administration. And so a lot of different facets of business, but that was also kind of a regret I had as I've gotten older that I didn't have something more specific. So when I found out I could do a master's in human resources, I thought that is specific. That gives me a road, a path to take. And um, it, it's just been a great, it's worked out so well. So.
1: That is so wonderful. It's, you know, we struggle sometimes, you know, especially as a working adult to go back to school. I mean, that's what you were doing for your master's and, uh, and then to actually be in a job that you love. That's wonderful.
0: Yes. Yes. It's been a blessing.
1: So as you think about your work life and all the different kinds of jobs that you've had, um, have you had any negative experiences either with a coworker or a
0: boss or organization? I have. I think everybody has. Right, right. Um, So I'll briefly touch on, I'm going to tell you about two. The first kind of negative experience. So as I told you before, I've been in sales quite a bit and I was in pharmaceutical sales for a period of time. And in sales, lots of times your boss isn't with you or in the same town. So I had bosses who lived other places Um, and I came across a boss who was so absent. Um, Lots of times we like the ability to work on our own, and do what we think we need to be doing, and we don't want to be micromanaged, and, and all of those things are true, but it's also true when there is no one, so you have questions, or you need help with something, and you can't reach him by phone. You can't reach him by email. Um, in the course of me working this position, he was terminated. Um, and the next person who took the job was the opposite and wonderful. And um, so that, that worked out. But um, more recently than that, I've had a boss who was almost a bully. Um, she would fly off the handle. So you never knew if you were going to get your head bit off. Um, she didn't tell the truth. Would we'll claim your work as her work. Um, one of the things that probably bothered me the most was she got promoted. That didn't bother me that much. That just got her out of my office. <laughs> but um, there was the opening for her position, which I should have been a shoe in. Um, I was practically doing the job because there were days she just wouldn't even come in. But she told the leadership that I wasn't doing all of these things that I was doing and had been doing. And that was so frustrating to me because we were on like a conference call and the leadership wouldn't listen to me. They were only listening to what she was saying. So they're Action was to put me on an improvement plan, which was the first time in my life that had ever happened. And that had always had such a negative connotation to me. So I worked through it. Um, I did everything on the plan that they had asked me to do, which I was already doing. So it wasn't like I couldn't do it. And I knew I could do it. It was just so frustrating that someone would say I hadn't done it. Worked through it. I got the promotion. And she was out of my office and she had an office that needed much more help, that had many more problems. And so her main focus was there. And we could run our office, which had already been a successful office and it continued to be a successful office. But that was just hard um, to work under those circumstances, not knowing, driving into work, just a nervous wreck, not knowing if um, you were gonna get your head bit off for lack of better terms. And we would have other companies come in. We would do a job fair for another company and they would come in to do interviews. And these things would happen in front of outside people. And it was so embarrassing and it was just tough. How long did you work under those circumstances with her as your boss? She was my boss for almost four years. Oh my
1: goodness, wow. Uh, Those
0: circumstances lasted about a year and a half where it was direct contact. So there was a good amount of time where it didn't happen anymore once she was out of office. It just didn't. So I don't know if she realized we were good in that office when she started dealing with such an office that had problems. Um, But yeah, for about a year and a half, it was tough. Wow. Why do you think she got promoted? That's a good question. Um, I think that she comes across as someone who really has her stuff together because she is not truthful. So we were a successful office, but, and I'm not trying to take all the credit, but it really didn't have anything to do with her. So there were other people in the office too, and it was us as a team that made the office successful, but it made her look good. And that she could claim she had done all of these things that we had done. And she just knew how to make herself look good.
1: I think this is a common problem that people have, or it's a problem that people have experienced. And so now as an HR professional, what kind of mechanisms do you think could be put in place so that bosses who are bullies, bosses who lie or claim, and claim other people's work as their own, how can their workers' voice be heard, and seen, and
0: other people see what's really going on? Um, Transparency and communication, just being open and honest with the employees so that there isn't the ability to hide anything. So there's not a way for a boss to hide what's going on if the company is transparent. And then if you've got good, open communication, you have those lines to leadership if necessary. Um, What I should have done was spoken to her first. I should have had conversations with her and told her, look, you shouldn't have done this. This is not right. And then if there wasn't change, I should have gone to leadership on my own. And you need to have a culture where people feel like they can do that. They need to have either someone on site or someone they can talk to by phone to let them know what's going on. And then they need to be able to have those conversations, those hard conversations with bosses who may be doing something that they aren't doing. I know I I said how much I like working here, but this week we're having anti-harassment training. We have four shifts and each shift has a training for the hourly employees. And then we have leadership training that's two hours. Um, Employee training is just an hour. So the leadership will get anyone who supervises someone will attend this two-hour anti-harassment training. And so I feel like that is one way of educating not only the bosses and the supervisors of what you should not do, but to the employees that if this is being done to you, it's not right. And don't do this to your coworkers. You know, there's some, it, it's a two-way street there, but I like that it's important to this company that we are taking the time out this week to talk to everyone.
1: That's encouraging, right? Because it's definitely important to train uh, managers. A lot of times managers just don't get training. They get promoted because they're good at what they do, not because of their people skills, um, yes. but just the everyday worker so that um, they can know what their the expectations are of them in the workplace, but also when it's happening to them, because you know, negative things do happen to us at work. What I find interesting, Mickey, is that you are a successful woman who is confident and, and yet you didn't speak up for a year and a half. Yeah. And I think that's what it does to all of us. I mean, I have done the same thing. I am a confident, educated, accomplished woman. And there are many times I did not stand up for myself in a work environment. And I think, why? Well, I, I would tell somebody else. I give people advice all the time. But that's the thing about conflict. And that's why I think the culture is so important. People have to really know there's not going to be retaliation
0: because your boss probably would have retaliated against you. I think she would have. I think I would have lost my job is what would have happened, especially if I had gone over her head. And I I really don't think talking to her would have helped, but I should have tried. Yeah, I was wrong for not trying. And it is, like you said, why don't we speak up? Why don't we say something? We're fear, you Mm -hmm. know, fear is the the number one reason that we don't. Right. I don't like conflict at all. So that's hard. You know, that's that's going into something with conflict. And I want to avoid that at all costs in my nature. You know, but um, something I have learned from my new position is to push yourself, to absolutely push yourself, do more, go deeper, um, speak up. I have good ideas (laughs) and um, I'm learning that I need to tell people. (laughs) So um, that's a really good thing about this where I'm working now, they really encourage you to speak up, learn more, push harder. Making me grow. I'm a yeah. little on the lazy side. So I don't like it, but I like it.
1: I don't know if I called that lazy. I think a lot of us, I mean, it's human nature. We want comfort and we want to do the known because it's comfortable and we know how to do it. And yet we know what's on the other side of growth. You know, we act against our own good constantly. I mean, will, will we ever learn? I don't know. I think that's a wonderful thing about age, at least maybe. Right. We'll learn these lessons, hopefully. Yes, yes. What about the absent boss? Knowing what you know now. So let's suppose your wonderful boss gets replaced and all of a sudden you do have an absent boss. What would you do now?
0: I would speak up. I do think the best thing to do is go to that person first. Always best. It's always, you don't know what someone's going through. You just have no idea. There could be personal issues. There could be uh, problems with family. There could be illness, uh, physical or mental. You just don't know. And so it's always best to go to that person. Give that person the opportunity to change. They may not explain themselves. It may be none of my business. Not that I'm trying to get into their business. But give them the opportunity to change, to do better or or find something else for themselves that is a better fit for them. If then there is no change, and I do think you should go to HR or their boss, what, whichever you're most comfortable with. Sometimes going to HR can be a little bit on the safer side because then you don't have the boss going back to your boss saying, why are you doing this? you have HR kind of taking a more tactful approach Um, Another thing I love about this company, we have an employee assistance program that has training, um, access to like managerial trainings. If you have a manager who is not conducting themselves in the most professional way, you have employees who are finding that they're having a difficult time with the manager. There's programs out there that we can say, okay, okay. We're going to ask you to go through this training. We want you to be a good supervisor. So we're asking you to do this, to become the supervisor. We think you can be. That's
1: wonderful because that message there is we're for you. You know, we want you in this role. We're not letting you go. And these are the tools so that you can be better. Everybody wants to be better at their job. A lot of times I think that um, the behaviors we see, negative behaviors from bosses is because they don't know what to do or they don't even know they're doing it because they have all these things on their plate that um, the people that supervise don't see and other pressures Um, that doesn't let them off the hook for being uncivil and not being kind or direct or clear or involved or whatever the issue may be. But I think you're entirely correct about we don't know what we don't know. And maybe you know that boss who took all the credit, maybe, she thought, this is the office that I run. And um, when I say I did it, of course, I mean, the office did it. I don't know. Um, right. But if you give somebody the opportunity to explain, maybe that can give them but also an opportunity to reflect on their own behavior. That is always good because that's what we want, right? If someone yeah. has a problem with us, I gosh, I just wish somebody
0: would talk to me about it
1: mm-hmm. so
0: that we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I find myself, I don't oversee anyone now, but in the past, if I've had employees under me, I go to them and I'll say, what do you think I can do better? Where can I improve? I want to be the best I can be. I want to treat people fairly. I want to, um, if I was a boss now, I'd want to be a good boss. And in the same respect, I go to my boss and I say, okay, I've been here 90 days. Where do I need to work on improving? What would you like to see different from me? So I think we can constantly work on ourselves, which is really where the only place we can make change is in ourselves. We can talk to people and we can make suggestions and we can go through the proper steps and channels. And, but ultimately we can only change ourselves. And I've really have learned so much in my short time here about pushing yourself and learning all you can learn And they really want you to think. So if you go to a boss and um, ask a question, they're going to say, okay, they're going to ask questions. They're not just going to give you the answer. So that really pushes me to, um, I learn more about my role. So I learn more about what I'm doing as well as myself. I'm really learning a lot more about myself. It sounds like your boss or the people that you report
1: to are like mentors, coaches, right? A good coach is not going to take that bat from the kid's hand and, you know, and hit it for them. Mm -hmm. Because how, how does that kid learn? You know, how do we learn? We learn by doing, we learn by finding out, we learn by somebody turning the tables on us and say, well, have you Googled it? Have you read this document? Have you asked this person? And then it helps us to be, self-sufficient right it helps us to grow and be more creative and that's wonderful i'm so happy for you thank you it's, go ahead i was gonna say i was gonna ask you uh, about a really good experience um, that you've had it sounds like you're having an excellent experience it, i don't know if this is what you want to talk about or um another experience you've had that was really positive in the workplace
0: i've had several you know good experiences here with this current position And just really the autonomy to work on your own. But I've never thought of it as the coach kind of mentality, like you said. And it really does come across that way. Um, We have uh, been working on creating a epic day one. (laughs) So um, the day one experience, we call it, when an employee comes in for their first day, how do we make them, when they leave, feel man that was great that was the best first day I've ever had so we've broken that down from everything when we meet them in the lobby to checking in with them at the end of the day so the whole day is is mapped out and um, part of that our CHRO said okay this is yours so we have four generalists that work here this is your project this is your baby so research it look at it and come back to me with the greatest day one experience you can come up with. And this is not asking for approval, this is what we think the best day one experience would be like. And it's been really interesting to do that research, to look into that instead of going and saying, what's the best, tell me what the best is. So through research, not only online, but talking to employees tell me about a time when you went to work and you had the best first day you left and it's just interesting to see what people value and so we can bring value to what other people have said I valued that that meant a lot to me so that's been really um fun encouraging got me out of my comfort zone (laughs) um and then the hourly mentor program that we've developed or are developing, we've got a final meeting on that tomorrow so I'm so excited about that. Um, we have a salary mentor program so I have a mentor. New hires have a mentor which is a, a year long mentorship. Um, we meet every other week and we discuss things that have happened or ask questions. And um, that's been great, but how do we do that for an hourly employee? So, when you come to work here, we want you to stay. We want you to love it. So, here's this day one, but also here for the first six weeks, you've got this person. They're your go to. They're who you ask questions. They're going to meet with you once a week during lunch. They're going to be your buddy. This is your work buddy. So, we can help them feel included and part of the team and really showing them that's another thing with the day one experience showing them how they are part of the team how they are making a difference if you tell somebody to come to work clock in at seven we do 12 hours so clock out at seven and go home they don't feel apart they feel like they're coming and Fred Flintstone in it or whatever and um this way we can really show them this is how you're making a difference here
1: That is just such a great idea. I was recently talking to somebody on on one of these podcast shows about mentors and the lack of mentors. And, you know, with, I know you do a lot of recruitment. I mean, once you finally get somebody in the doors, you want to keep them. Well, how do you keep them? Well, give them a mentor. That is just so wonderful. And everybody needs a mentor. A lot of times we do just focus on the salaried people but we need all the people to run the organization and everyone is just as valuable. So that's wonderful. What a great
0: idea. Yes. It's, I think it's going to be great. Um, It's, we haven't started it, but we should have approval, hopefully by the end of this week to kick it off and we'll train the mentors on, you know, what they're, what it should look like. And then we've given them topics Or we will give them topics of things to talk about, things to ask, along with answering the questions that um, the new employees might have. But we want to spark the conversation. Um, What are your goals? Where do you see yourself? What do you want to do? And then show them what that can look like here. So they see themselves here. Mm -hmm. Um, The great resignation or the great exit. that. COVID has kind of caused, I think. So everybody's looking at retention. Everybody's, how can we get people to stay? Wages have been raised, sign on bonuses have been created. Um, there's been a lot of push uh, towards pay. At some point, you can't raise pay anymore. So if the person across the street is paying a dollar or two dollars an hour more. Where's the value that they don't want to leave? Where, where's the value to keep them here? And in a mentorship program, you can make them feel a part so that you create some of that loyalty. And you have an instant friend if you don't know anyone who works here. Um, an instant connection. So I agree. Mentorship is very important. And I think it's important in people's personal lives as well.
1: Absolutely. One thing also that you said when you were um, investigating the best one day is you asked people, right? You asked the hourly employee what what was best for you and the power of asking people. You know, when we think about inclusion and we think about this company is for everybody, it's all the people that work here. When we get asked, not only do we feel valued, but we have valuable information to give. You know, so the people who are making the decisions um, have great ideas. But if we, I mean, it's so simple, but we forget to do it. Ask, what do you think? What are your ideas from your perspective? And you gather all those ideas and it's going to be that much better.
0: I agree. Um, You just reminded me of a previous work experience where decisions were being made by leadership But no one was talking to us in the field. And it was one of our biggest complaints. So you want us to do these things, but you're not talking to us about what that's like. So your ideas, they may be good ideas on paper, but they're not realistic. That's not something we can go and implement. So to make real change, to to help take the company further, whatever the changes you're looking for, you need to talk to those that are doing the job they are the ones with the knowledge of what works what doesn't work and i'm not saying that someone should be negative about an idea but sometimes leadership may have an idea that just won't work right and if you're talking to the people in the field in the plants wherever they are the people doing the job then you can get a sense of or maybe they tried that we have employees that have been here for 45 years i mean you talk about a wealth of knowledge you have an idea like oh we tried that eight years ago it failed miserably oh well we tried that 20 years ago you know it kind of had a spark of work and then it fell through so let's let's do that again you know you get that great knowledge
1: and you can also get buy-in people love it when their ideas have been chosen I think one of the worst things a company can do is do like an engagement survey, ask people for their um, ideas and then no feedback and they do nothing. Yes. Uh, I mean, even if the answer is that's not going to work for these reasons, that's fine. But when our ideas are actually taken up and a change is made based on something that we contributed to, it just feels to be listened to, to be seen and to be valued. We're all humans and that's, basic needs that we have. And so when our company does that for us, that does increase our desire to want to stay.
0: We have an advisory team. So we bring employees in once a month, one to two employees from each department. And it's just me and them. So it's just them and HR, no supervisors, no managers, no bosses. Tell me what's going on. So I get to hear about safety issues. I get to find out what employees' complaints are. Um, Whatever the situation is, they can tell me I'm going to go back to our leadership team and say, this is what the issues are. They don't know who said it. There's no fear of retaliation, but we can also make changes. So then I get to go back and say, yes, we heard you, um, Typically every month it's different people. So, oh yes, that was brought up last month. This is what we're working on. So then they can go back and tell people they're working on it, they're listening. So you're exactly right. Being heard is huge part of buy-in. That's
1: excellent. Gosh, it really sounds like your company is doing some great things. That's wonderful. And I know HR is in this change. You know, we think about the people and culture function, You know, moving HR to people and culture. And it sounds like, like that's what you're doing. Um, so as, as we wind this up, what is your vision for a healthy work environment and how do you see HR being a part of it? It sounds like you're a part of a really healthy HR department, but so many people, the HR has been co-opted by the arm of management to do the, the firing and to do the write-ups and to be the heavy, um, instead of what you're doing, which is. Just sounds like you are being really people centered and looking after the physical and mental health of the people that work for you.
0: That is from a, from our CHRO the most important thing. So um, really a top down mentality of people first. Um, it truly is within the human resources department here. You asked a question and I have so I, wait
1: well, I know because I asked the question and then <laughs> I went on and on. <laughs> Sorry about that. So. <laughs> What is your vision? Like, how do we get this in other organizations? How do we get this? Because it is, it's a value center, you know, and it's got to permeate, but it's got to be the top, the top has to say, this is what we value and we're going to make it happen. So what is your vision for bringing that about
0: in our culture in general? I think it's action. I think we can sit and we can talk and we can read books and we can come up with these great ideas I think other companies have great ideas, but I don't think they always put the action to it, put the feet to the to the fire, so to speak. Where I'm working now, they are fantastic about it. And HR is not the administrative, it's not the hiring, the firing, the um, write-ups. HR is involved in all of those things, but the managers, Take a huge ownership in that as well. And I think that's the key. You know, it starts at the top and it trickles down. You're going to have your culture, your morale, it's all got to be positive and it's got to be complete buy in from your leadership. But my vision is just kind of what we've been talking about where uh, HR is people centered, where people are the most important. And that looks a lot of different ways in a lot of different places, but being here, being open, having transparency and communication all lends a hand to creating that type of environment. Going out on the floor. So in a factory, a lot of times you have HR in an office and that's where they are all the time. We go out on the floor, wave and smile and talk and how are you and um, These are important things to do to be seen, to uh, build trust, to build comfort, but people-centered, I'm with you there. I think that is um, the most important thing. It is starting at the top here. The CHRO, it's his main focus. He says all the time our calendars should look like that. So what we're planning for the day should be people-centered, and then I think it, it permeates to others. Your managers, your supervisors see that, feel that, kind of begin to copy that.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Cause you're right. It's it's all about these relationships. So how do you have competent individuals do hard things? You know, say, I'm being harassed, or this is a safety issue, or I saw my friend do such and such, and that's really bad for the organization. It's through relationships. Mm-hmm. Right? And relationships are time intensive. And what I really love about what you're saying is that it's not an initiative where everyone's trained and then we're done with that and we're on to the next thing because that's not how it works. It's continual day in, day out, year in, year out, where people know that they are valued. How? Because they're continually shown. It didn't come down in a memo. They didn't what they weren't told one day at a holiday party, you're the best part of our organization, but they get to see it. And that, you know, people see people believe what they see. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not what they're told. It's what they see and how people are treated when things do go wrong. Right? How how are mistakes handled and how are people actually valued? And it just sounds like that's what you guys are doing. Congratulations to you. Wonderful. Thank you. I can take no credit but I love <laughs> being a part of it. <laughs> well, you, you know, that's what I think like attracts like and you you know, opened yourself up and said, this is what I want to be about. And you found this great place.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things um, in my master's that really stood out being people focused. And so to come to an organization that really focuses on that, it, it means a lot. And like you said, there's action. Well,
1: Mickey, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing
0: your experiences. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Oh, me too. Take care.
1: Thank you, Mickey, for joining us today and sharing your insights and experiences with us. If you'd like to find Mickey online, you can find Mickey's information in the notes from today's episode. Conflict Managed is produced by Third Party Workplace Conflict Restoration Services. You can find them online at 3pconflictrestoration.com. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember conflict is normal and to be expected. Let's deal with it. Till next time, take care.